Hey, welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with me. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Let's let a professional handle this. <laughs> this is Hoops Coaching A to Z with my husband, Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into all things coaching. Come join us as we visit with some of the best coaching minds in the business to help grow our profession. Here you go, honey. Back to you. All right. Um, welcome back, everybody. I'm looking forward to this episode. We've got, got a new friend here. I've discovered this guy on Facebook a couple weeks ago and um, got some really good stuff, uh, particularly baseline out of bounds stuff that I've been following and, and whatnot. And we had a little interaction, uh, I guess, a day or so ago and really active in social media. He, he's had a podcast in the, in the past. Uh, he, he's done a lot of good stuff, uh, really good basketball resource. And, and uh, Ido, I didn't mention this. I looked on Facebook. We have 78 mutual friends. So, so oh, we, wow. we, we're running in the same circles. But I want to introduce uh, my <laughs> guest today, Mr. Ido Singer. Welcome, Ido. Hey, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 78 mutual friends. That is mind-blowing considering we're going to go through my history and you'll see. So that is mind-blowing. That's awesome. Well, you know, one of, one of the neat things, you know, so as I'm looking through our mutual friend list, uh, one, one is Brian Rosario. Mm-hmm. Literally two days ago, Brian and I just did a podcast. I had him on oh, here. Uh, so so you'll, be following, <laughs> you'll be following Brian. Brian and I, oh, and, and people get to hear this whole story, but but Brian's first year of college coaching at McNeese State is when we met. I was coaching at ULM and uh, just became lifelong friends there. Also, uh, Brooks Donald Williams is at ULM. Well, Brooks is going to be on next week. And so Brooks oh, will wow. follow you. So, so a lot of, a lot of special people we know there. You know, Brian Rosario, just dropping a little bit of a, of a hint there. Brian Rosario has more enemies than friends because coaching over <laughs> in Pepperdine, that is a very, very beautiful campus. And I'm sure a lot of people would be very happy to switch places with him. But I'm just kidding. Brian is an awesome guy. And, and yeah, that's really cool. We're, we're all jealous of Brian. I, I've actually yes. got a former player of mine. Uh, she, she no longer plays, but she's actually at Pepperdine. So so there's two people that I get to hate on for being uh, in over there in, in, in beautiful uh, Pepperdine. But, but before we start, you know, so so tell us a little bit about your background and, and your basketball experience and, and just kind of what got you to this point. Sure. Uh, born and raised in Israel, I uh, spent the first 20, almost 23 years of my life there. Was fortunate enough to fall in love with basketball at the age of seven. And I always like to tell this silly story. I saw a, a rookie Patrick Ewing trading card on the ground and I picked it up. I had no idea what basketball was. A week later, I made my mom drag me over to the local Y to, you know, sign me up for basketball class. And I just fell in love with it. And I actually had a chance, maybe fast forward 30 years, to tell Patrick Ewing the same story face to face, and he lit up. So that's just a little, you know, a little anecdote about how I started. But, uh, you know, I was able to work really hard and fell in love with the game and got better to the point where I could start playing professionally over there at the age of 17. Spent about six years or so playing professionally in Israel. Then I decided to hang it up, didn't love it anymore. So I just walked away from it and moved to the States to go to school, 
spent a couple of years on the West Coast and then moved over to New York, spent some time there and decided that I wanted to do something with my life. And there was a void there. And when I found coaching, it filled that void pretty, pretty perfectly. So started coaching at a pretty uh, old age, maybe 30 and uh, started at the younger levels. I used to, I used to coach in people's backyard and it was, it was fun just, you know, you know, grabbing a bunch of kids together and running a practice. So humble beginnings and um, enjoyed it, came up the ranks, met my wife over in New York. We moved to Massachusetts, started coaching in division three over there, which is my absolute favorite level to coach at. Um, had the, the fortune of being able to take over a program on the division two NAIA level as a head coach. And I did that for a little bit over in Massachusetts as well. And then um, four years ago, got a phone call from um, the head coach over at UNC Greensboro, uh, where I just spent the last four years of my career uh, as an assistant in Division One. So kind of all over the place, much like every other story from every other coach in the country. So, so yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, you know, we all we all take different paths to to end up end up where we are. You you mentioned Division three being being your favorite level. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm currently a high school girls basketball coach, and and I'm at a school that that I would in, in some cases say maybe similar to like a Division three because we're not one of those schools that, that we don't go out and recruit players. Even, you know, we're a private school when we play in a public school league. We don't go out and recruit players. We, we deal with the hand we dealt. Uh, very rarely do I have a player who aspires to be a college basketball coach, uh, basketball player. Uh, our kids do it because they love it. They, they, they do it because they love the sport. They love to compete. They love to be part of a team. And so I, I would imagine it, it would be pretty similar to, to your Division three experience there. Absolutely. You hit that right on the head. It's the love of the game. It's doing it without really needing anything in return. It's really nice to have a scholarship. It's something that makes people very um, humbled and, and they work hard because they get a scholarship. But at the same time, these Division three athletes, these high school athletes, they just do it for the love of the game. And that's something to be admired, celebrated and um, highlighted, I guess. So I really enjoyed that level. Um, they do it because they love it. That's basically it. Yeah, it, it's it's so rewarding. It, you know, I'm one one of the many rewards I have in my situation is, you know, we we walk into the gym many many nights, and and when people look at us warm up and look at the other team warm up, you know, first glance, uh, you know, not so much, uh, but but our kids, uh, we, we we got a bunch of overachievers. We uh, we compete, uh, and it's just it's just so so rewarding. I, I mean, I'm, we haven't we haven't talked yet until tonight, but the, the place I'm at, we've been at sixteen. I've been at sixteen years, and you know you know as well as I do in coaching. If you're somewhere sixteen years, it's got to be pretty special. And, and <laughs> yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, nobody likes to sign up for sixteen years of punishment. So you're pretty lucky, I'm assuming. <laughs> very very lucky, and and you know I was one of those coaches, much like yourself. You know, bounced from this place to this place to this place. And, you know, here, here we are now I've spent, I've been coaching for about 31 years and over half of it now is, uh, is in the same spot. So, so it's pretty, pretty special, pretty That's special. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we mentioned Brooks, Brooks Donald Williams, uh, who'll be on here on, on our next episode. I actually spent uh, three years at Louisiana Monroe, which, where she is actually the head coach now. Uh, I knew Brooks back in her McNeese days and her Southern Miss days and her Memphis mm -hmm. days back then. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, that's great. Small world for sure. It, it is. It is. Well, now tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, one of the things, and you guys really need to need to follow Ito on Twitter. You know, give me your Twitter handle so I don't mess it up because I'm not looking and I'm not peeking. So, so make sure I don't mess it up. No, that's okay. That's an old pun from the days I had a website with the same name, but it's uh, my my first name is Ito. It's spelled I D O, and so it's Ito Basketball, which is also I do basketball. So it's just a kind of all around pun. But yeah, I've been doing basketball for over 30 years, and wow, more than that, I guess. But yes, it's Ito Basketball everywhere twitter instagram facebook you can find me anywhere well I, i'm i'm kind of a facebook twitter person i don't do mm -hmm. a whole lot a whole lot else and and on twitter some really really good content and, and i know you. one of your specialties on there you talked about special situations uh mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what maybe makes you enjoy that part of the game or at least want to share that part of the game more than more than other parts yeah, I think I think there's so much there. I think a lot of coaches leave leave money on the table. And I've been fortunate enough to work with great coaches and I've had the misfortune of sometimes working with coaches that I felt left money on the table in the sense that not a lot of coaches pay a lot of attention to special situations where you know if you look at different things like soccer, for example, soccer they will work on corner kicks free kicks, penalty kicks. Those are special situations where you get to set up a certain something, a certain play. Yeah, you have your half-court offense and you run your plays, but with the baseline um, with the baseline out of bounds, you're really able to mask a play. You can really play chess. You can get some quick points without getting too much time off the clock. Um, I'm a big numbers guy, so points per possession is something that I've been watching for a long time and you can literally get a, a three second action with no time off the clock a catch and shoot three so you basically you didn't waste any time and you got three points so it's something that you can you can maximize your time on the floor and get some points without losing time off the clock that to me is very valuable and i just really enjoy that chess game of i'm going to set up a play and I'm going to try and get you, or I'm going to try and get you to adjust to a certain play, and then I'm going to have a wrinkle in there. I mean, we all saw Louisville a few months ago run that sideline out of bounds where they showed a certain action, and then they ran the same thing just for the counter to get a wide-open layup and win the game. You know, we can all sit here and say that's a small part of the game, but, man, the entire country was talking about that the next day. So that gets yeah. people excited. And so that gets me excited and it makes me want to share all that kind of stuff on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. My, my, my old boss, um, he's now at Jacksonville state. They ran a really, really good, a similar uh, sideline out of bounds play and, and uh, won a game in the, yeah, I guess it was the semis to go to their conference finals and uh, really good stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, Ido, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little more about some of the baseline out of bounds stuff because I've got some thoughts and, and want to hear hear your thoughts on that as well. So let's take a quick break. You got it. 
Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip, whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. Let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out, we'll help you. Hey honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Be sure and reach out to my lovely bride, Kimberly. Give her a call, 601-718-7614. Let her hook you up. We just don't do group, group travel. We do anything and everything. Doesn't cost a penny more to use a travel agent. Give her a shout. Let her beat any and every deal you got. Uh, so, you know, so we were talking about baseline out of bounds. Um one of the things, you know, I've been one of those coaches over the last 30 years. Sometimes I pay more attention than others. Now I pay a lot more attention to it. I, I know I went through a phase where I tried to do every inbounds play from the same set and give different looks. And, and I've, again, you know, toying with the different things. My biggest drawback, uh, if, if that's even a thing, is sometimes when you got, let's say you got a team where where you've got five guards, but then you subbing in fours and fives, and you, you've got some some funky substitution patterns. It, it sometimes, at least for me, sometimes may take a little bit longer to rehearse those things with those different type of substitution patterns. How, how do you handle situations like that with your inbound stuff? You know, that's a that's a really good question that haven't been asked uh very often so i appreciate that it's 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 something that in the at the college level you have a little bit more of a wiggle room with in the sense that players have a much more broad skill set and you can play around with it i don't know if there's a, a very clean cut way to go around that what i would say is for the most part i think you're at you i think you're in the right direction when you say have a certain formation, run different things out of it. I like to try and keep it as simple as possible. Sure. And if I'm running something out of, say, the one four low, I will have two or three different wrinkles to it. And, and we kind of go from there. You know, every team has a player they need to hide. So maybe your less skilled player can be at the very weak side of that action. And so they don't have to be involved in, in you know, in the money part of the action. So, you know, you have a player that you don't really want involved in it. That could be, that could always be the player on the weak side or always be the player that, you know, opens up and, and just doesn't do anything else. Or maybe you have a permanent screener. So you would put her or him in that position to always screen. Because I do feel like, you know, some players don't, may not have the skill to put the ball in the basket, but man, anybody can set a good screen if they want to. So there's value in every player. So I feel like there are opportunities to hide the players that are not the ones producing this, the points and maybe utilize them in different ways. I would say though, that what I, what I'm going, what I'm gravitating more and more towards are choice actions. And I like to call them choice actions because there may be a point of two players or maybe three players meeting at a certain point on the floor. And in that meeting, there are 
a few choices that can happen. If player A goes this way, player B and C will do this. If player B goes this way, players A and C will do this. And so it makes it really difficult to scout, especially coming out of the same formation, because you can't take away the first action. The first action happens regardless of what the defense does. And so you can only react. And I think a defense that keeps reacting is a defense that is liable to make more mistakes. And so I, I like to look more at choice actions. Wherever I coach next, if that even happens, that will be something that I'm going to try and look more into is, is how to involve my players, two or three of them at the same time, in a certain position on the floor with a choice. And then you make the defense kind of decide how they want to guard it. I, I love that. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, you know, just again, going back to your, your Twitter stuff, uh, and 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 before we before we get out of here, I, I want to make sure that you give everybody all your information because I know mm -hmm. you you have some things that you can share with folks. And uh, but but one of the ones I saw, um, I guess it was last night that I really liked, where you run a little elevator action for for a shooter, and all mm -hmm. it is is just some false action yeah. to to clear, <laughs> to clear out that that drive from the uh, from the ba from the baseline side. It, it's just really good stuff and and you know and that's the thing about our game man i know you'll agree it's it's so sometimes we make it too difficult uh yeah. it's a simple simple game and and if you and if you just really take the time and, and i think it's the problem many coaches have and i've been guilty of it sometimes we get too caught up on copying things as opposed to taking concepts and making it your own and yes. just that, that that action there is just so, so good. And it's just so simple. Yeah. And, and your audience can't see this, but I am nodding my head. I, I <laughs> emphatically agreeing with you. And I have been guilty of that myself, where I fell in love with an action, regardless of what is actually happening on the floor, or I saw something and we have to put it in, you know, the old Nike clinic thing where you come out yep. of there and you want to coach just like Roy Williams and everyone is running Carolina break the first week of yep. practice because of it. No, that's not necessarily the case. You, you want to keep it simple. You want to make it personal to your personnel. You want to make it applicable to what works in your conference, in your league. And at the same time, it could be the most amazing play if your team can't execute it. It's not worth anything. So keep it simple. I remember that elevator play. I think three players are coming together at the free throw line. Yes. And it's just literally the biggest misdirection. Um, yeah, because yeah, teams are so conditioned to see two forwards coming together and everybody's just jumping out there trying to steal that pass. It's a beautiful, simple play design to just allow your guard to rip and go baseline with no help. So, yeah, yeah just keep it yeah, simple. Yeah. Great stuff. And, and I think the other thing with, with inbounds plays, I, w one of the things I think is, is, is really good. If you can come up with some simple things to get you some good looks, but have a wrinkle that you save for down the line. And I think you referred to that with the Louisville game, you know, people, yes. are, people are looking, people are scouting, they are watching you, especially when you get deep into the playoffs, you know, and, and man is how, how nice is it to have that counter to when they just they just take the bait and, and you just put that counter on them and, and hammer right yeah that and that's the chess match that i love so much about the game you need to have built-in counters one of the rules that i i have uh, as a head coach i have that rule as an assistant not so much the authority to you know to do it but as a head coach if i say we got into conference anything before conference i wouldn't put in my best plays 
before the conference. I would put in something that looks like it, but not exactly it. And then I'd scratch it all and, and just throw it away and then start new from in, in the conference. But anytime I would score in conference, that play would be gone. And in its place, I would put something else. I would have 20 plays ready that are wrinkles to the same thing. And every time I scored, that thing would be gone, replaced by another. So from game to game, it's hard to scout. And, and yes, it's a little bit more work on our players. And maybe it's not suitable for, for high school, but some high schools can handle that. Um, some players can handle that. And then another thing, and that's something I think your listeners are going to love. I, I recently saw Mike Neighbors uh, from Arkansas tell that story. Another guy, another guy I know, yeah. The guy is, yeah, he's something else uh, in the best way possible. But he was saying, yeah, he goes, coaches, if you want to mess with teams in your conference, do this. <laughs> Find, scout the team that you're playing next. Get their best baseline out of bounds play. Put it in for the game and call it after their mascot. And then run it against them. And you'll see teams, you'll see players just look around and say, what? Did they just call our mascot? It just messes with teams. And, and he goes, we've scored on other player, on, on other teams' plays so often just because they were just confused for a moment and we were able to capitalize on that so yeah you gotta love that you gotta love the game in there yeah you know we we do something similar to that from time to time uh mm -hmm. not necessarily on the uh, on the inbounds but if a team runs a particular set you know let's say this particular team is is the pirates they run mm -hmm. a particular set we'll call it pirate as we kind of working on it to prepare to go against it and then in the games after that, we now may run pirate as our own set because mm -hmm. we liked it enough that we felt it would give us problems. So, so why not, you know, put it in and run it against somebody else? <laughs> yeah, no, you see that. You see that when you scout the other teams in your conference, you go, wait a minute, that's our play. <laughs> so, yeah, we've seen that a lot. We have a team in the conference that always steals from us, had a team in my conference that always stole from us. So, so yeah. For sure. For sure. So, so tell us now, you know, so what, what, what's on tap for you now, man? What's uh, I mean, obviously you, you're, you're a coach kind of like myself. You got a lot of irons in the fire doing a lot of different things. What, what, what's your, what's your big thing now? What are you working on? Well, I, I recently stepped away from coaching. I uh, I'm taking a, a big break, trying to pivot to something else. Um, you know, it, it's, it's such a difficult rat race in, in the division at the division one level. And, and so I'm taking, a big break from it, doing something completely different, but I am still staying around the game. As you mentioned, I'm on Twitter a lot. I, I post, I think eight baseline out of bounds at the very least every day. So you can, you can literally save all of them and you'll have my entire playbook and then everything else that comes up with it. But I, I'm constantly breaking down baseline out of bounds. And I think at this point I'm up to a few hundred that I've already posted. So so yeah, that that is going to keep coming. I keep making different playbooks. So there's, um, you know, you can go on my Twitter and in my bio, find the link, check out the the playbooks that I have out there. It's, it's a bunch of really good stuff, if I may say so myself. And um, that's it. Just focusing on being a good husband and a good father, and that's that's really it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. You, you know, we literally, I hit Ito up. Hours ago, I had a, had a night free. My wife's out doing something. Um, she's got a little acting gig going on tonight, and and I had had a quiet house, 
and I'm on Twitter and I'm looking at some of some of these inbounds plays he shared and, and uh, reached out to him. So can't thank you enough for uh, accepting my invitation. I, I, I know everybody's going to get a lot of value from uh, from following you on Twitter and following you on some of your other um, social media. But but just thank you so much. And, and, and please, 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 anything we can do on our end to to help to help you out or, or promote anything you got going, please, uh, please keep us in mind. We'd love to share. Absolutely. And if anybody, if anybody reaches out on Twitter and tells me that you heard me on this podcast, 25% off anything you want on my website, just let me know, uh, drop that off in the, in the comment or in the DM. I'll hook you up. Also, uh, I, if, if anybody, and, and I've been doing that on Twitter in the last few weeks, if anybody is struggling with, thinking about pivoting out of coaching like I have that's something that I've gone through and it's it's not easy especially after doing this for 20 years if you have any thoughts struggles I'm there I've been talking to people trying to you know work through all these emotions and feelings and that's something that I'd love to be there for coaches who are going through this thought process and maybe shed a little light on my journey and how I did that and came out the other side happy so if I can help in that way as well, please let me know. Well, and and he's not just offering lip service there because I, actually I, that was one of the things that that I, I responded to on Twitter. And, and I'm not looking to get out. I'm perfectly happy. Mm-hmm. But I think you posed the question, you know, what would be your thoughts about it? And, and, and my response would be it would be pretty scary because, you know, after 30 years of doing this and being successful, and I think I used the term having some skins on the wall, it's almost like you erasing 30 years of your life and starting over. So right. it, it absolutely be scary. And, and so, uh, so th- that is a tremendous resource for people out there who are, who are in that situation to have somebody to kind of get some thoughts with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm happy to volunteer my time. I was just on the phone today with somebody who's trying to break in and maybe now thinking about not breaking in uh, just because we, you know, I just, I just shoot it straight. I'll tell you how it is, tell you all the good things and bad things about trying to coach in college from my experience only, but I'm here to listen and, and help and do whatever I can. So again, I'll spend 30 minutes on the phone with you if you need that, but feel free to reach out and, and, you know, let's, let's keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Likewise. I, we actually ha- have a young lady came in and interviewed today uh, for one of my middle school positions and uh, had her meeting our athletic director and, and that's one of the things he, he mentioned to her was when he hired me that I convinced him that I had enough of the college stuff. And because he, he didn't want to hire another college coach that would be gone in, in two or three years. And, and, and for me, I think the biggest thing was the fact that as a college coach, and you can attest, you're never truly off. You know, I remember being home and being at my daughter's little league baseball games and a recruit calls. And if a recruit calls, that's right. You better answer it. You, you better answer it because somebody else will be getting that call if you don't answer it. Right. And, and then I remember late at night getting calls and my wife at the time and, and you know, not my wife currently. It's, we, I have a new <laughs> wife now, but uh, that, neither here nor there. Yeah. But, you know, wondering, you know, like, why are you going to take this call? And honey you know, it's, it's, it's my job. And so, so yeah, I can, I can relate to all of that, man. It's a, it's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah. And I don't know how much time we have left, but one thing that I was um, 
one thing that I was challenged with a few months back was when, you know, I kept saying family first, family first. And my wife called me one day and said, you say family first, but we don't see you. You say family first, but when you're home, you're on your phone. Is it really family first? And instead of just being there and saying, being defensive and saying, no, it is, it is. I just sat there with my feelings and just let it digest and really ask myself the question, am I, you know, if I, am I actually doing it? And when I, when I realized I wasn't, it was time for a change. And so that's something I've been struggling with a long time. I've made that change. I am out and I'm happy. And so there is life on the other side. It's not for everyone, but, but yes, like I said, uh, it's a conversation to have with some people who are going through it. And, you know, I'm more than happy to be that resource. Yeah, likewise, and and uh, same here, same here. Mm-hmm. If anybody out yeah. there listening needs needs to talk about that, um, you know, because it's it, it's tough. It, it, it's it's yeah. a it's a tough thing, and, and and one of the one of the few regrets I have in life is is I missed a lot of time with with my children. You know, chasing chasing recruits, and and exactly. so uh, you know, thankfully, you know, they're older, and, and and we have great relationships now. But man, you don't get that time back. So uh, no, you don't. <laughs> but uh, well, look, I'm not going to hold you up from your crew any any longer. Thank you again, Ido. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And uh, anything we can do, man, just reach out. Uh, look forward to following you on Twitter and, and staying in touch. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.